Hi, friends, fellow evolvers and curious people everywhere. Welcome to our Australian summer series of Being with Sally Wilson. This summer includes several short, scintillating conversations with the extraordinary Judith Richards, creator of the Richards Trauma Process, among other wonderful guests. Here's one coming right up. Thank you for joining us. Hi everyone, I'm Sally Wilson. I'm a trauma buster and performance empowerer for high achievers in the arts, sports and business worlds. And I have with me once again, the extraordinary Judith Richards, founder and creator of the Richards Trauma Process. Hi Sally, it's always fabulous to be with you. Absolutely, ditto Jude. And today we're talking about some uncommon knowledge. What sits behind anxiety yes so many people don't know why they have anxiety so why do they have it Jude? well you know and that that's just so true that so many people have anxiety i don't know why i'm behaving like this i don't know why i'm freaking out every time i just even think about getting in the car and driving mm. i don't know why i'm freaking out about going and getting the groceries and being in that shop mm. and in that so big and and there's no windows and and my heart starts to race and I start to sweat. Now, what's wrong with me? Mm. I'm a capable, intelligent, educated person. My life is good. I have so much to be grateful for. I should be yep. happy as a pig in mud. What the is yep. wrong with me? And Where often, does it come from? And yeah. often those people have already, they've learned the deep breathing. They're doing the yoga. They're doing their exercise. You know, often you're Mindfulness. doing so much mindfulness and you, maybe you're meditating and yet it still happens. And then you start yep. blaming yourself because you're like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I do this? They've said that the deep breathing should fix it. <laughs> it doesn't. Not fixing it for me. It doesn't. And I'll tell you why. Mm. Because we're using one part of the mind, the one that we can control, to try to control the part that we can't control. So it's sort of like peeing, Sally. <laughs> well, this is a new one. Go for it, Jude. What's this about? <laughs> it's like you can consciously, with the with the part of your brain that can control your body, that conscious mind, you can go, no, I'm going to hold on. And that's great. But you can only do that for so long. Because the unconscious part of the mind, the, the, the part of us that we cannot control with our conscious mind, will probably at a most inappropriate moment in a most inappropriate way just go no nah, that's it you can't hold it in forever it's the same with anxiety and it's like holding balloons underwater all mm. these balloons you're trying to hold up oh, oh, there goes one and you're yes. getting it back down and using so much energy to keep these balloons underwater it's sort of like the peeing scenario but and and you, you get fatigued yeah you get exhausted and what happens pop they all come up or, you know, the body decides it's got to pee now. It just can't hold on any mm. longer. And, and that's what happens with mindfulness, et cetera. You can do it for so long, especially if you're a very disciplined person, very motivated. But that exhaustion, there becomes a crisis of fatigue. And then, no, I just can't do this anymore. And there it is. Bang. Yep. And the mindfulness and everything, um, it's all about managing it's all about managing the symptoms rather than actually resolving the underlying issue. Let's right, just Jude? fix the bastard. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, there is a reason for your anxiety. I'll just give you a very, very quick physiology lesson. 
Um, when we have a distressing event. Okay, so, so what, why, what's behind anxiety? For everyone who's had anxiety, they'll know what this feels like. It's mm. the whole being screaming, I'm not safe. Mm. Something bad is going to happen. I am not safe. The whole body, the whole being, the whole psyche, everything is screaming, I'm not safe. Why is it screaming, I'm not safe? It's screaming, I'm not safe. Because dreadfulness has happened in the past that has not been put in memory correctly. It's not being put in the right filing cabinet in the warehouse of memory and the door shut and you walk away going, oh, well, that's over. Mm. That part of the brain has shut down. And so what happens instead is instead of that event when it's over being put into the warehouse of memory and the door shut, it gets stored in a different place. It gets stored in the unconscious, unconscious, subconscious, tomato, tomato, whatever. Mm. But it gets stored in the unconscious like a videotape loop. It's happening now. It's happening now. It's happening now. And the unconscious runs every chemical reaction, every electrical response in the body. The unconscious runs the body. And we don't consciously think, oh, I'm feeling anxious because in my unconscious, there's that event when I was three and that event when I was seven and that when I was 12 and that doozy when I was 14. Oh, my mm. God, that was huge. And then there was this when I was 18 and this when I was 22. And this pressure builds up and up and up. All these videotape loops like pressure in a balloon. And it can be the straw that breaks the camel's back or something really big, but something's got to give mm. and that balloon will blow out and people will go into anxiety or depression or fibromyalgia, whatever they're going to go into. But what's behind anxiety is I'm not safe because these videotape loops are running in my unconscious and my unconscious is driving my body. Mm. My body believes those things are happening now and is behaving as if they're happening now. Consciously, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm, I'm feeling like something terrible is about to happen because this is happening in my unconscious. No, it's, we don't give it, we don't have any NFI, no idea what, why we feel like this. And yeah. so what, what do we do about it? Mm. It only breaks through into the conscious mind in extreme PTSD in the form of flashbacks, mm. which is not memories, it's relived experience. We live it as if it's, that's happening now. It breaks through from the unconscious into the conscious mind and bang, oh, I'm there. Yep. But in lesser anxiety states, it's there and we're not consciously aware of it. And so what we sorry, Julie, I was just going to add that sometimes, you know, the first distressing event that happened to us is before our conscious memory anyway. It can be, you know, when we're in utero or or when we were being born or when we were, you know, just a tiny baby. Yeah, uh, it can be. Yeah. So but it but it's running. Yeah. Like just say mum was in a car accident mm. and we were inside mum yeah we we got all the stress hormones we get programmed yeah even from before we're born we're being programmed mm. um and so what do we do we turn off these videotape loops and we do that with trtp and hey presto turn off the top three most distressing ones it's like a four-legged table take one leg out and the whole thing falls over and the symptoms simply disappear they just disappear you don't have to manage them yeah. You don't have to be really aware of how you're thinking because automatically your thinking changes, your emotions change, your behavior changes. You don't have to use the cognitive mind to observe what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're doing, and, and try and control it mm. with the conscious. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. You're going to end up wetting yourself. <laughs> the balloons are going to pop up. It just, it just goes to calm. Yep. 
Yeah. Because and our whole system reboots. It's like a factory reboot on a mobile phone. Yep. Because just remember that the anxiety, panic attacks, whatever it is, it's a symptom. <laughs> That's the whole point. Groups, the unresolved stuff from the past, the, you know, the distressing events that weren't filed away properly in memory, that is the cause. You know, I think often people, when they have anxiety, as you said, you know, um, early on, Jude, you know, some uh, uh, the sense of anxiety comes up and people look around and they're like, oh, God, I don't want to get in my car. or So it has to have something to do with my car or driving or, oh, gosh, I don't want to be in crowds. It must be the crowds. It must be this. It must be that. Not necessarily. <laughs> it can be something no. completely unrelated. Yeah. Like the woman who couldn't turn right in her car it had nothing to do with driving. She never mm. had an accident. But this started when she was going through a particularly difficult, horrible divorce. It's a yes. symptom. Anxiety is a symptom of dreadfulness that's happened that's never been stored properly in the, in the warehouse of memory in the daughter. And as is anxiety is, depression is. Yep. All of these things are. And just in closing, could you touch on intergenerational issues? Ah. Just briefly. Because sometimes... The distress has happened to a generation before us. Or, or the one before them. Or the one, or before, the one them. before them. Um, so, for example, um, there was a, a, a study done on survivors of the Holocaust and they found that on a particular gene there is a, ta a tag on the stress part of the gene. What that meant was a small stressor would trigger a major stress response in the body, in the person. It's an obvious reason for that. I mean, some of these people had survived Auschwitz. And so this is what happened in their bodies as a response to that. Mm. Their children had the same tag on that stress response part of the gene. Their children had the same tag. So the grandchildren, even as babies, could have a small stressor and respond over the top mm. with anxiety, fear, terror, so this is one way. Um, the, the science of epigenetics has proven that it's our perception of what's going on around us in our environment that causes particular genetic expression. The other thing that happens is that trauma is remembered. Mm. They did a study with rats showing that, um, that they got these rats and they waft the scent of cherries across them and then they electrocute them. Mm. Um, and then they put them in rat heaven and they had babies. And if those baby rats smelt cherries, they would go ballistic. And their offspring. Yeah. It's passed down. It's a survival response. And the other thing is that the environment, you know, in some families they say, oh, we all have anxiety. Well, mm. God, the, the baby is born into this high stress environment where everyone's anxious and everything's scary. And, and of course yeah. they model that that's their mm. environment. That mm. becomes their perception that becomes their life. Yep. And so importantly, Jude, can it so, change? Oh, absolutely. It can change. It can change from even the most severe PTSD from the most severe panic attacks to, to the most horribly draining, just normal, generalised anxiety. It can just be yeah. turned off because it's a symptom. 
We just have yeah. to turn off those videotape loops because that's what's behind it. I'm not yeah. safe. Turn off the videotape loops, return the person from I'm not safe to, you know what? It's over. Yeah. And I'm safe now. Turn off those videotape loops and the yes. symptoms simply disappear. And that and that applies also to the intergenerational trauma as well. Absolutely. So um, that's good news, isn't it? It's great news. But that's what's behind anxiety. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just a bit out of balance mm -hmm. and it's easy to fix. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you once again, Jude. Thanks, Sal. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. And thank you for tuning in to our Australian summer series of Being with Sally Wilson. We'd love it if you were to share this episode or write a review. You can also connect with us on social media. That's Facebook, Instagram and TikTok at I am Sally Wilson. Thank you for being a part of this great community and we'll look forward to tuning in with you over the waves next time.